Let's do this. The Cult of Hockey podcast by the faithful and for the faithful. I'm David Staples of the Edmonton Journal. And I'm here today with Bruce McCurdy. Hey, Bruce. Hey, David. How's it going today? <laughs> you know, Bruce, I've been thinking. Mm-hmm. I bet, yeah. I've been, uh, I've been uh, writing for the Edmonton Journal 35 years. And I honestly can't remember a more down, depressed, dark time in Edmonton. I can't. Everything has gone wrong all at once. Mm -hmm. We have, we already were having a terrible economy. You know, we can't get a pipeline built. The biggest oil sands project in Canadian history got canceled because of political and economic uncertainty. The price of oil crashes, the coronavirus hits everyone is worried about their own health and their, the health of their loved ones. It's a, it, kind of a, the whole world is united in this kind of existential threat. But mm-hmm. for us, it's brought on, you know, the added problems to our own economy, which are more significant here because of the oil economy. And um, the like, as the premier said, first time since 1930, where you've had this thing where both um, production of oil is going up, but demand is going down because of the coronavirus. The world doesn't need oil right now. On top of all that, kind of the icing on the cake, really, and, and, and this doesn't affect everybody equally, and I know some people say, just shake it off, it's just, it's just professional sports. But on top of that, for Oiler fans, for the faithful, for people like us, and we're a pretty tight group on Twitter. You know, we're meeting every day. We've been following this team for a long time, and we care about this team. And kind of the icing on the cake of this, you know, this cake of calamity is is uh the nhl announcing today and in the wake of the coronavirus threat that they're going to postpone the season and it's of course it's probably a sensible decision everyone's saying it's a sensible decision but uh and it is it's a sensible decision they got to figure out where everything's at and they they certainly couldn't have big crowds come into the games anymore bruce you know i was hopeful that they could continue to figure out a way to play before no fans and I'm still hopeful of that. I, um, you know, like I, I'm in a men's hockey league. We just got a memo from the men's hockey league, beer league. Yeah, you guys are continuing to play. Like you can, mm-hmm. you can still play hockey. Groups of people can, you know, just follow proper protocols, but you can still play hockey. Like life can't end here. So I'm hoping beyond all hope that they do figure out a way to, to play. You know, I don't think it's going to be before crowds for, for till next year, honestly, but I'm hoping they can figure out a way to play, um, have their games televised. And, um, you know, give us something, to, you know, everyone's going to be shut in and not having much to do. So give us something to do. So that's my take on it. And uh, what are you thinking? Well, I agreed on the tough times. I mean, holy moly. Talk about everything kind of stacking <clears throat> up on itself. Things been going downhill since my cat died, David. It's just been a brutal <laughs> run of uh, or run yeah, of things. That was a day that was a day the Dow Jones peaked and we're already in a bear market. Three weeks later, everything has just fallen off a cliff with, as you say, the oil economy being a, a, a trailblazer in that respect, uh, just to make things tougher on uh, uh, on people in in this part of the world. And you know, they're Lots of other issues that we're dealing with uh, provincially, locally, and what have you. As you say, the hockey part is a its a minor detail other than it's a minor detail that occupies a fair chunk of a lot of people's time. That um, 
is now, you know, at a time when maybe a little distraction is, wouldn't go amiss, uh, it's gone. And it's, it feels, it's a gut punch, like, not the same as, but like the lockouts. When, uh, at th those times, I was angry at the powers that be that couldn't get their crap together to uh, resolve their differences. This time, it's much more a frightening thing that it's something that has to be done as a means of... Uh, social protection and that has to come first and foremost uh, ahead of the game ahead of the you know and i understand very well where the where the league and the players association have come from they have to protect their members and their performers as well i mean if you look at the nba uh yesterday there was a guy on utah jazz that uh tested positive well guess what today there's two guys on utah jazz and it's been a uh, uh you know and who knows what happens next i mean uh it's so it's such a tough thing to contain. I mean, there's a headline today that in Broadway some usher tested positive. Well, how many people with that usher I've interacted with? Probably a whole hell of a lot, right? And it's it's a uh, everywhere everywhere you turn there's uh, there's depressing um, headlines, and the more you yeah. deep into it, dig into it, it doesn't get any less depressing. So. Sure happened fast, and boy, oh, the, those awesome. film clips of that uh, Utah Jazz basketball player, man, I don't know if he had any inkling that he was sick, but him touching all those microphones, did you see that? I heard he was playing it up as, as some uh, kind of a, a joke, and maybe he didn't. that he was sick, but man, what a maybe he thing didn't. to do. Well, he didn't probably know, so it's it, like it's easy in retrospect to really judge the guy, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, well. anyway. Uh it was interesting. Yesterday, Bruce, I went to the press conference with Alberta's chief medical officer, Dina Hinshaw. Mm -hmm. And already I was, you know, I've been expecting this to come. You can, you could see it come on a mile away. Oh, and sure. <clears throat> I think maybe some fans weren't, I don't know if they weren't, but I was sure was. So I was asking her about this particular issue mm -hmm. and, you know, what would trigger public gatherings being shut down. And um, it was interesting because she said, so there was a game last night, you know, right. how 18,000 fans went to that. Close event. To it, yeah. So <clears throat> at that time, and then in that moment, people thought that was safe. Like the best medical authorities across Canada were saying that is safe to do that. So uh, um, I had asked Hinshaw earlier in the day why that was safe and what would trigger that not being safe. And her answer was, she said, at the moment, there is no evidence of community spread in the province. No evidence of community spread in the province. All of our cases have been related, have been travel related. So again, at the moment, our measures are adequate to protect Albertans. And we're making very serious assessments to determine when that might change. She also stressed this was a rapidly changing situation. No so there was no, there was no uh, doubt in my mind that if a player in the NHL um, got the, got the virus, um, they would have to take this kind of action. I wasn't expecting it without that. Uh, nonetheless, it does make sense, I think, to oh. test everybody in the league. Like, get everyone tested. That's that's step one, right? See see where everybody's at. And But, Bruce, I don't... Like, honestly, I think the season's going to be cancelled. I don't see... Maybe there's going to be a way to uh, play the games before no crowds. They're doing that in Russia right now, I understand. The KHL playoffs are going on right now. Oh. No crowds. I just okay. saw a video of it today. 
So that's wow. what's happening in, in Russia. That's what's happening in, in, in um, some British soccer games um, mm-hmm. are going on with no crowds. Mm-hmm. So maybe that's maybe that will be the maybe they will determine, hey, there's no real risk. There's no real extra risk risk of the players or anyone else getting sick no. by playing these games. That's that, you know, that's a, that's a determination for some time down the road, though. It's not for today. That's I mean, true. Today, if you have the you know if you have the health authorities saying that uh, cases to Alberta are travel related, and oh yeah, we're going to have these hockey teams flying in from these various communities in the United States that are having trouble, uh, isn't that kind of inviting the issue to 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 fly in here? I mean. I don't, is, the ans- I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer to these things, exactly but those questions right. have to be asked. That's exactly right. Now, um, until last night, though, it was fine. Yeah. So, well, um, but here's talk- how you wait. There's a list, actually, a guideline, and what mm-hmm. you just raised is a very valid point. Mm-hmm. Um, they were saying, in any event, if you're, if it's just a local event, it's different. If there's 200 people there, if you have 200 local people in a in a in an event where there's no community transmission yet. And I don't know if that's changed today or not. Um, that's one thing. But if you have an event where you have people coming in from everywhere, like a conference, no. That that biotech conference down in the States, man, do you hear about that? They had a conference with 175 people at it, biotech of all things. And last I heard, something like 70 of them had tested positive. Yeah, well, they had a mining conference in Canada. They had a two-day, they had a two-day conference, and that was the... That's the biotech one. And it's yeah, interesting how many great. world leaders seem to be getting yep. uh, well, in trouble with this, including in our own day-to-day lives. And that's Prime Minister, where they travel. They've been traveling. Yeah. They, they're yeah. jet setters, right? They move around. So do, and, so do hockey players. Yeah. So, yeah, you're right, Bruce. There may be, we'll see. I, I, I don't, I'm not holding out much hope. I'd like to see that, of course, uh-huh. but I'm not holding out much hope of that. Yeah, well, for now it's shuttered, and I mean, I guess they're waiting for whatever the initial onslaught to pass, and then can take stock of, you know, when the at such point as the thing is, uh, you know, taking a, a more clear path, and it's not just this uh, uh, geometric progression that we're seeing now, one of these curves that just just flattens, you know, goes from from horizontal to vertical in a quick hurry, and just starts climbing the stairs. But I, I've seen. Uh, uh, I've seen some comparisons of the trends in America to those of Italy, which America's delayed by a, a week or two, but the curve actually looks the same. We, we just haven't got there yet to where Italy has, and, you know, that's pretty scary. Because yeah, the stories don't. coming out of Italy it will curl your toes. Yeah, we don't know where this is going. Um, I, uh, Dina Hinshaw also said that... Um, well, Hockey Alberta, for instance, hasn't canceled its tournaments yet. Like, so for provincial playoffs for all the minor hockey players, those are right. still going ahead. I asked her specifically about playing a contact sport like hockey mm-hmm. and about the risk of that. And she said, again, it depends who your opponents are. And if they're, if it's an international event, you know, cause I was going to play a beer league game that night. I wanted to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, if you're, if it's just local and again, there's no community transmission yet. Uh, in your community, then you're okay. And that was the state as of yesterday and maybe today in Alberta. But again, if it's international competition, it's interesting eh, that uh, in the States, it was the authorities in first Ohio and then um, first, uh, excuse me, first uh, Santa Clara County and then Ohio who ordered uh, 
in Canada, it seems it's, well, it's the NHL that's led the way rather than the government clamping down on, um, uh, on these events, but that may yet come. And what they, what she said is, and what I've heard from, uh, I was listening to the Joe Rogan podcast. He had an expert on, oh, yeah. on uh, deadly disease on it. Excellent podcast. It's, it's, I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Oh, just wait a second. I have it right here. Uh, Michael Osterholm. Go listen to that podcast. He's a, he mm-hmm. was an he's an expert on biological weapons and infectious mm-hmm. disease. So um, um, they both made the point that you know, in terms of if you're going to institute these things like a shutdown of a of public gatherings or like send all the kids home from school, you got to have to be very careful about these things and the implications they're going to have. Like Osterholm talked about the impact on healthcare workers with kids in school. Mm-hmm. Like the most important thing right now, Bruce isn't the health of our hockey players. It's the health of our health. Yeah, 100%. They've got to stay healthy and they can't, they don't have hired help at home. Most of them to take care of their kids. Mm-hmm. If they're home from school, that's a major problem for a lot of people. So if we're going to take huge steps, like shutting down schools, um, shutting down public gatherings, we've got to think hard because these, st- these measures could be in place for a long time, not just for a, a few weeks, but for months and months and months. So, Everyone, like there's this immediate reaction, like shut everything down, shut the schools. Oh, good. Shut that down. Shut this down. Shut. Like, I think it's important, though, to really listen to the medical authorities, which is what I've been trying Mm -hmm. to do. Maybe maybe with a little wishful thinking mixed in, in terms of my NHL take on it, that that this can continue definitely with some wishful thinking there. But uh, we've got to listen to what they're saying. And like the knee jerk reaction to shut everything down, shut all the flights, shut everything. Mm -hmm. Um, we, I think listen to the medical authorities on that is the way to go. Well, that's the primary wave. And then the secondary waves haven't come yet, you know, the aftershocks. And uh, so today, I mean, a short time ago, I heard that all, all of the schools in one state, I believe it was Ohio, all of them closed. Um, and so all those kids, where are they going to go? And immediately I thought of <clears throat> what happens to the kids who lives in a, ham- in a family with... It could be a two-parent family where they're both healthcare professionals, and those people are needed to do their job in, in the healthcare industry. What happens with those kids? I mean, so it, it's these are not there are not easy solutions to these problems, and uh, uh, just sequestering us in uh, in various uh, places doesn't necessarily solve all the problems at once. And especially if someone within that space is sick, then you know there's uh, there's Feed, an interior feedback loop there that that uh, could be problematic. Hey, and I just want to make it clear to anyone who listens to this podcast, if anyone's going to, that that we're not in any way. We don't see ourselves as experts or authorities. We're just two people trying to sort this out and figure this out and talk about our experiences. Oiler fans digesting this all, and that's all this is. This is nothing but that. So, you know, if you're gonna like. Say, oh, you guys are telling us to do this, or like, no, we're not. We're just, we're just venting <laughs> and trying to figure stuff out, just like everybody else right now is the truth. Lots of society is coming in to cope with this new reality. You know, I can't get the, the movie Twelve Monkeys out of my head. This last while, I don't know if you're familiar with that. Uh, my I, namesake Bruce Willis. It's a Terry Gilliam movie, so it has lots of twists and turns. But it's a, it's a. Uh, uh, well, it was a futuristic movie when it was made, but the 1997, I think, is when it happened. When it, but basically, a bad uh, germ got out into humanity and uh, 
laid waste to society. And it was uh, kind of a stark, uh, uh, very compelling film. But uh, uh, it's not the same as this. I just, you know, there are connections that, that are... <laughs> well, we're all informed by the, like, you know, every well, zombie and every well, end of the world I'm, apocalyptic I'm, movie we've seen. And then there's Steven Soderbergh's Contagion, which is actually right. looking at this, like at a more deadly... Like, I think that's kind of a 10% killer was the right. the, uh, the theme of Contagion. That was like it, one in 10 died. This is, right. you know, still at its most, at its highest level that we're, you know, highest thing we've ever heard is like 3.4 out mm -hmm. of 100 who, who died in one study in China. You know, there's a lot more hopeful studies now coming out of Korea where they tested a lot more people. Mm -hmm. And I think the death rate is below one per 100. Um, and there's also some treatments that are coming out of those. I'm not going to get into it because, again, I'm not an expert, but there's some really interesting treatments that are coming out of China and, and Korea for this. So I'm, I'm, that would be the best news ever, of course, if, if right. we could come up. I don't, you know, like even if there's not a vaccine, which I understand will take quite a while, uh, a treatment would be fantastic, obviously. So, Bruce? Yeah, I'm more informed by science fiction and futuristic alternate future uh, <laughs> stuff than I am by horror movies per se, but there's some overlap between the two for sure. Especially some of the after the Holocaust uh, type uh, oh, yeah, like plots 20, that are 28 and, days later. And, um, <laughs> Alrighty. Um, so what are you thinking, Bruce, about the hockey? Do you have any hope of it coming back? You haven't addressed that. What do you think? Could you think they, we might see them play before empty stands or not? Uh it's too far off to project. I mean, this is something that, uh, you know, uh, one day to the next is a, is, is a huge adventure. Who's to say where it's going to be out of two, two or four weeks? And if it somehow run its course, or at least, you know, they have a, they have a realistic uh, viewpoint of the, you know, how exponential is this growth curve and how, you know, how risky everything is. That uh, at some point, I mean, some aspects of society, you know, they can't stay sequestered forever. Some of them can't can't at all, you know, like you have essential services that you're going to need on an ongoing basis. Hockey, for all that we love it, is not an essential service. It's central to uh, our daily lives for, for many of us. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, it's it's for the end of the day. It's not the whole day. And... Uh, we got to live through that day to get to the hockey, and uh, that just may be an overarching viewpoint of where uh, uh, where we sit today. But it sure is a sure is a down down time for sure. Well, the trend, Bruce, in terms of um, of this is you know they a few places like Italy initially moved to playing before mm -hmm. empty stand. They first moved to that. They've moved to that in England for some games, and then the next step seems to be cancellation. So we've we've kind of jumped the empty stands thing to cancellation, and it and it does strike me that it might be you know probably hard to go back to the playing in front of empty seats. There would have to be um, less cases. We'd yeah. we, we'd yeah. start to have to see fewer cases, and public health authorities would have to assure both the NHL, the players, and the players mm -hmm. um, that they that they had a plan where this didn't put the players more at risk than they already were at risk just living in the world here. Um, you know, there's already that risk, obviously. So yes. this, so there would have to be a plan where you're not going to be more at risk doing this. This is, you know, re a reasonable person would say, you know, first of all, you're all healthy young men. You're not in yeah. any kind of risk factor at all. 
the, the problem with you is if you get it, you might pass it on to somebody else. And, um, yeah. So, well, so it's different from the Spanish flu that killed Joe Hall. Completely but, different. Uh, it's, yeah. I mean, it's a different it, virus, obviously, but, yes. uh, that is what, that is what the, uh, NHL has in its precedent file. Uh, so, uh, not, I think that's pretty long. <laughs> one, of, one of the, yeah, it's an ancient pet precedent. Yeah. Uh, one, one of the things that I found, frankly, encouraging today was a full 100% agreement between the NHL's position and the NHLPA's position, where the Players Association came out fully supportive of uh, not playing, you know, playing games when it's safe and looking forward to playing in front of all our fans and all our cities as soon as possible kind of pipe dream at the end of it, but it seemed uh, that their statement had its priorities in the right place. And uh, encouraging that, you know, that at least uh, uh, the, the two sides aren't bickering among themselves, like, say, Democrats and Republicans about, uh, about who's doing what, but instead they're actually, you know, on board with this has got to be done. And there's such a groundswell, David. Maybe it's all wrong, but I, you know, um, it, I mean, all those leagues in all those countries. Uh, I mean, yesterday at lunchtime, you and I had a conversation on the phone, and we talked about the uh, 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 the situation and how it might uh, affect hockey. And we talked about a couple of these alternatives. And right after I hung up the phone, I saw in the news that the uh, Golden State Warriors were supposed to play to an empty empty barn for their very next game. And I, I nearly called you right back and said it's already coming and by last night the nba pulled the pulled the plug while two teams are actually on the floor preparing to play one another and the nhl played out their games last night but it, it's just been a groundswell and it's uh um you know the tennis they completely canceled tennis till the end of, of uh april they canceled i think auto racing you know any any sort of significant sport all the basketball tournaments and the you know, the conference finals and the, all those different American conferences, you know, the Big Eight, the Big Ten, Ivy League, and all those all canceled. And it seems to be the uh, caution is the watchword that if we're going to stop, we need to stop. And some of the things we need to stop are these big events. And it's, it's not just sports. It's, it's uh, uh you know, Broadway plays, you know, all the big comedians, Celine Dion canceled her concert, Jerry Seinfeld canceled his performance, you know, and on and on you go. And then, of course, you got the real potential horror stories of the prime minister's wife being sick or the uh, Tom Hanks and Rita Wilson being sick or, or, you know, this quick spread of the illness from one to two to who knows how many tomorrow NBA players where, you know, uh, it seems to be quite virulent that uh, once somebody gets it in an enclosed space, that it spreads fast. So my my approach to social distancing isn't just going to be to sit in my house and watch the world go by. I'm going to go for my daily walk, and that distances distances me more from society than anything. You know, you encounter a person once in a while as you breeze on by them, but it's still a beautiful world out there. Well, then it's absolutely critical for people to get uh, sunlight and physical activity. So uh, it, it would be a mistake to give up your walk, obviously, I think, mm-hmm. um, because uh, you need to stay healthy. Got to yeah. stay fit. All righty. 
I don't well, know if there's morning, much more to say. I, this Go morning ahead. I stood on the Ray Gibbon Bridge out here in the west end of St. Albert, and I looked down the frozen wasteland, that's the Sturgeon River, and the river was white and the ice was frozen, and the uh, distant sky was a single shade of gray, unrelenting one shade of gray, and there was no sign of barely life. I mean, the trees were there, but they were colorless. And it matched my mood, and I just felt so down and depressed and dismal, dreary. That's what it looked like. And then, you know, I, I kept walking a few minutes, and the sun came out, and uh, uh, I could see my shadow, and I could feel the sun having my back. And I came across some uh, downy woodpeckers out of feeder and, and kind of at least lifted me a little bit that, uh, you know, even when times are tough, life is pretty resilient. And we uh, we will have uh, opportunity, ample opportunity to prove our own resiliency, but uh, that's a test that, uh, that uh, comes to all of us. Sounded like an Ingmar Bergman movie there for a second, Bruce. <laughs> <laughs> Thought you might see the Grim Reaper. Alfred Hitchcock, maybe. <laughs> Yes, I mean, and both uh, Rachel Notley and Jason Kenney stressed that in the speeches they did addressing, have, they have given, addressing the coronavirus, talking about how resilient Albertans have been and Canadians are and Albertans, and and uh, that's true. And and yes, we're we're all going to get through this, uh, I hope, most and uh, most of us will get through this, and it's got to keep going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, the other thing I did well on yesterday's walk. Last thing I'll leave you with. Uh, today I didn't. Today I just listened to music, or I just listened to nature. Yesterday's walk, I listened to uh, the three amigos on the Athletic. Uh, our friends Low Tide, Jonathan Willis, and uh, Daniel Nugent Bowman, all interviewing Ken Holland, and that was quite a quite an exchange of good questions and and. Uh, give an idea of what's going on in the mind of Ken Holland and how he had at that point planned to, he said he was done for now signing extensions. He said he got, you know, sort of reached a date limit. He said, once we're into playoff mode, all that stuff is off the table until after the playoffs are over. Well, maybe now there's different priority list of what's going on, but it sounded like he still wanted to sign one or two guys who are here, but, you know, he's already done Archibald. He hasn't done, for instance, Riley Sheehan or um, uh, potentially Gaetan Haas that many people like uh, that might come back, but that this had been his strategy throughout the year was to get a few of these deals looked after. And basically the most important ones first, arguably, is uh, with the exception of the Ethan Bear situation, uh, uh he got a lot of his priorities looked after, and he's got the team in a, in a pretty good place as we reach this critical juncture. And, of course, what he and nobody else in the world can tell us is what happens next. Yeah, when, I wonder when... Or even if it happens. I wonder when the drop-dead uh, date is for this playoff season. You know, I guess if they move to... If they keep all 18 teams, or excuse me, 16 teams in the playoffs... They, and they cut it to, like, let's say three games for the first series. And then two, maybe maybe they That's go five. five, five, and seven, or three, 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 seven. You know, it, it, they could wait for a while. You know, mm -hmm. it could be, it's, it seems like 
you know, you'd have to keep, oh, to yeah, keep you practicing. Pick, pick it up in almost two months and got that kind of kind of games in. But yeah, six weeks well, that, anyway. Yeah, and that heck, they could have a tournament, Bruce. You could have like like an NCAA tournament um, with the sixteen teams. If 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 in Saskatoon, eh, David? In Saskatoon, <laughs> the Saskatoon solution, Bruce. Someone is talking about that. Yeah, uh, first time I've laughed all day. <laughs> Good. Oh, I heard some funny comments on Twitter. We didn't even get oh, to I'm sure. Twitter comments. Uh, and we're not going to because we, we've been yakking here long enough and we'll have lots to talk about in the future about this. But, uh, um, yeah, people were going on about it on uh, all this stuff. There were some there were some funny comments and some oh. dark. I'll, 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 since you're too shy, I'll refer people to read your post that you wrote that quotes many of these Twitter comments and uh, keep up to speed on the news as it happens uh, with us at the Cult of Hockey. I, the one I will I will leave, and this is everyone's heard this hackney joke by now. But in case you haven't, the, the one joke going around is it's a guy says uh, the NHL is not allowing fans to attend the games, and instantly uh, his wife pipes up, "How will the players know when to shoot?" <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll leave you with what I said to my wife when we heard this morning that they canceled all practices and sent the referees home, and I said the referees have been on vacation since last week at minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I heard the Oilers sent them a video. I understand. I, oh yeah. I just read this on Twitter. This is like Twitter gossip. I don't know if this is true or not, but apparently is this the dry sidle hit with forty-five seconds. No, 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 no. Or something else. A couple of weeks ago, they sent them oh, a video. Okay. I understand. Now this could be not. That didn't work. No, it they did had not. three power plays since then. Hey, there's the upside. We don't have to watch that crappy refereeing anymore, and it doesn't have to give us a like head grinding headaches to watch it. So More there connections. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well, Bruce, we will uh, we will soldier on, man. Keep going on those walks. Oh, yeah. I will do the same. I will do the same. Won't miss them. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. Yeah, always a pleasure to talk to you, Bruce. And in the meantime, and in between times, this has been another edition of the Cult of Hockey podcast. <laughs>